Welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, that guy named John, and I am joined for her fantastic fourth appearance, see what I did there, uh, by the curly nerd herself, curly nerd Jess. Hey, what's up? I didn't know it was four times. Yeah, this I thought is it your... was my third time. No, this is your four... fourth time. Oh, I have. You're right. Yeah. The first time I was with uh, the People's Critic. Yep. Second time That's was right. when you did the uh, director spotlight on Christopher Nolan with you and your podcast partner Damien, and then the yes. third one was, was our Captain Collaboration. Captain Collaboration. <laughs> collaboration. <laughs> uh, That's right. That was awesome. So yeah, welcome back to the that. the fantastic fourth appearance. Ah, uh, thank you for having me. Hopefully, this I love, you know you know you know you're in my top five favorite. Oh, podcasts, thank you, you thank know. you. Uh, hopefully, this Fantastic Four is better than every single iteration of a Fantastic Four movie we have ever seen. I I would have to say yes. For yeah, sure. <laughs> but we are grading on a curve, so I don't really Oof, know. You know, like that, that is so, true. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. Have it, you ever seen the the Roger Corman version from the '90s? That was like no. the, the first. So what happened? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not even familiar. Oh, it was amazing. By amazing, I mean terrible. The only reason it was made is because in their contract they had to make a movie, or they were going to lose the rights to make a movie. And so they're like, "Uh, crap, we have six months." And so they threw together this movie. Uh, Roger Corman directed it. It basically they made it, and it got put into the vault, and nobody was supposed to see it. Uh, I will, I will find it and link it. Because it is it is amazing of how terrible it is. I think I've seen like photos, like stills of it, and like the thing is really terrible and mm-hmm. there's like a big cloth suit or something real cheesy, right? Yeah. Looks worse than those rock monsters in uh the never ending story. Was that the never ending story too? Which one Ooh, had the it rock was, monsters? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and yeah, actually it was, it was not Corman. It was the it was directed by it says Oli Sasson. What that seems weird. Well, clearly it was his first and last. Oof, yeah, it was it was rough. Anyway, so uh, for those of you wondering, if you have not listened to the other three episodes with Jess on it, Jess is not only a good friend, she is a fellow podcaster. Uh, her and her aforementioned partner in crime, Damien, have the Curly Nerd podcast. And you guys are up to what? By the time this airs, like 64 episodes? I think so. Damien's the boss. He keeps track of all of that. I think it's December 64. Yeah. So that is incredible. Uh, so before we get into anything, huge shout out to you and Damien and the Curling Nerd Podcast. Everybody should go and listen to you guys. Uh, and on this episode, we're going to talk about some things that Jess and I really like. Of course, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the reboot. Yes. Yes. Uh, something that Jess and Damien... And, again, Tim, who we mentioned, had been upset at me for a long time. That I Like, the one thing that everybody always talks about, and including them, that I have no, I had no uh, experience with, was Rick and Morty. So I finally... I still can't figure out how. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's a 22-minute long show. <laughs> it has been on since 2013, and yet yeah. you have not made the time. I feel, didn't you tell me something <laughs> that you had possibly read Game of Thrones books like 8,000 times back to back? Okay, How have yeah. you made time for those? But you haven't made time for the best show on television, a 22-minute show. Okay, see, uh, 
there were some things that happened, and I've I've <laughs> See, no what I've, happened was <laughs> what happened was <laughs> I have no excuses. It was just something that completely passed me by. But I finally got the opportunity to just kind of binge it. I have only binged season one so far. I have season two in the queue, ready to go because I know season three. As of right now, only has like what two episodes, three episodes out. One, it's one episode. Only one. Out. The, the okay. second one, we don't even. Know. They haven't given us a release date, but yeah, what? there's only one for season three. They gave us a little. A little oh, see, I thought when I remember when season three dropped because I was one of the people who was really upset. I pull up my DVR, go to watch the new episode of Samurai Jack. Not Samurai Jack at all. It was Rick and Morty. Those jerks. And you were doing the air punch, like, what's his name in, um, not Minnesota Society, Boys in the Hood. You were doing the Cuba Gooding punch in the air. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where's my sound? In his right living at? room. <laughs> yeah. I uh, love it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I finally binge watched season one. So, we will talk about that. We will talk about American Gods, which just came out, uh, episode one, uh, a couple days ago, by the time you're listening to this. Uh, and then we will briefly talk about a show that... Already got canceled and did not really stand a chance in the beginning, uh, called Powerless. So, first, right off the bat, MST3K, the reboot. The reboot, first of all, is a I mean, for the uninitiated, (laughs) it is Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes, thank you. Full name, sir. (laughs) Yes, Mystery Science Theater 3000. This reboot was a long time in the making, uh, this show originally came out in 1988 when, I mean, I think I, I was only like one. <clears throat> yeah, I was, <laughs> like, I, was wait, I was really no. young. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so I do not remember it from that time. I remember it when Sci-Fi Channel first picked it up. So it ran from 88 to around 96. When did Sci-Fi Channel pick it up, if you don't mind me asking? So Sci-Fi Channel... Or not Sci-Fi Channel, sorry, Comedy Central picked it up. Okay, yeah, Comedy yeah. Central. I was like, because I watched it when it was Comedy Central. Yeah. Comedy Central okay. picked it up first, and then Sci-Fi Channel picked it up later. So Comedy Central okay. started in 1991. Like, the whole channel started in 1991, and okay. it picked it up pretty early in its run. The first, like, the first season of Mystery Science Theater 3000 was on, like, local access, Minneapolis station and any of us who have seen any public access shows know that, for the most part, oof, they are just terrible. Yeah, because it is public access. Yeah. Uh, with this, it is one of the rare instances where the idea was so great, the writing was so great, that it just blew up. And I love that they had kind of like a, a mailbag. Like every episode, remember in the beginning mm-hmm. with Joel, it was like they like the, you would write in to the address was in Minneapolis or Minnesota, and you would write, and kids would like draw pictures of Tom mm-hmm. Servo and Crow, and you know it was funny like the following that it had even back then that there yeah. were people like actually writing into the show and sending letters and pictures, and I, I'm curious to know how big that mailbag ended actually ended up getting, you know, in the end. Oh, for sure. Well, that was kind of the thing is. So in its first few seasons, uh, the creator of the show, Joel Hodgson, Joel Hodgson, served as the writer, as one of the, the kind of, you know, riffers, as it were. Like, he did everything. He built the robots that they had on set. Like, it was a one-man show for the, for the most part. And then a few years later, you know, got replaced by, by Mike. So, but from the beginning, this was something totally unique. In the sense of, 
anyone who would watch a movie, especially a bad movie with your friends or your family, you know, kind of start poking fun at it. This is the first time where you could actually watch a movie and people are doing that same thing and you could just get to sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. Damien said it was the original live tweeting. It absolutely you know, was. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's the original live tweeting. You sit there and you just crack jokes and make fun of everything you're seeing in front of you. Yeah, I do not think that we would have live tweeting or kind of what do they call it, like social TV that we have now without Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, they for sure were the originators. Yeah, and it was great Good stuff because the way that they got around showing all of these movies is they would show terrible movies <laughs> that were in public domain that just nobody cared about anymore. And that was what was kind of amazing about it. I see. I didn't know that. See, I knew you would be. See, this is what I'm saying. I knew you would know all of the background stuff. Cause I, yeah, because how do they even get the right? I mean, there are people on other podcasts I listen to who won't even play like a snippet of a song because they're mm -hmm. worried that they'll get in trouble for it. You know, so yeah, it's like I always wonder how they had the permission and they were able to do that, you know? Yeah, and some of them, like some of them, they did have to pay a little bit for, like as the show went on, they would pay a little bit, like some sort of licensing fee. But for the most part, these movies were in public domain. They were old. A lot of them were in black and white. And so, yeah, they could just kind of do whatever they wanted to do. But what was interesting, as the show progressed, and we can kind of get into this a little bit later also, it kind of branched off. Unfortunately, Joel left. He had some disagreements. And then they got a new host, Mike, and a new kind of backstory for the Satellite of Love uh, where he was... I guess imprisoned. Would you call it imprisoned? <laughs> like, well, I guess, yeah. Trapped. Yes. Uh, and Mike, luckily with that, I remember back then, because this is already when I was into the show. Like those first couple seasons, I watched on repeats later on, but it was not until Mike really, where I was watching it consistently, I feel like. Is Mike the intro where they said his bosses didn't like him, so they shot him into space? Yeah. Or is that Joel? So it's Mike. Uh, well, they kind of... Because he was the janitor. Yeah. Uh, Joel was the... They, that is the thing is, like, they kind of used the same storyline, okay. but they're the different person, so it kind of got a little bit weird. Because, like, Joel... Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on, 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 uh, on Viv thing. <laughs> right. Right. I was talking about some about that the other day. Now, is it the Mandela effect? The original on Viv was only for one season, right? Or was no, it more was than like that? For two. It was more. It was more than one season. Because for some reason, because she she was in that when they got into like the new when they like changed the the stage of the house. Remember, it was right. always in like the living room, and mm -hmm. then they then it was like the living the family room and the and the kitchen. She yep. was in that scene. I mean, she was in that season. I guess. I remember she so maybe the first two. She got pregnant, and she was pregnant in the show. Yeah, so I think it was maybe the first two or three seasons, and then they put in the light skin Aunt Viv, who didn't need to be there. <gasps> right. Uh, but yeah, so similar to this, like they kind of just, they snuck Mike in there a little bit. Uh, but luckily Mike had already been a writer for the show for a while. So, and they, Oh, see, I didn't know that either. Yeah. And that was the thing. Well, actually, if you watch one of the, it, it, it is usually on the number one list of MST3K episodes, you know, it and I know it, Manos Hands of Fate. Ugh, yes. Uh, so it is. I own Manos. Exactly, as well you should. Yes, so, I'm looking at it right now. It's the essentials. <laughs> it's, the, it's the essentials. Oh, nice. So, like, Mike was in some of the episodes before he was even the host. 
So he he was a writer on the show. You see him in some of the skits in the background. And when they did auditions for who was going to replace Joel, no one really kind of fit. And it was one of the things where I can only imagine being in that room with like the directors. And they're like, who are we going to pick? Who are we going to pick? And Mike has to be in the corner being like, uh, guys, uh, right. I, I'm right uh, here. Uh, <laughs> like, I, hello. Hello, guys. <laughs> like, I've been here for a while. I'm a writer. So he took over around like season six. Uh, and so what we will do before we get into the new show is we will give our top three original series favorites. Okay, so with my top three, these are in in no particular order because even though every parent might not say that they have a favorite kid, they have a favorite kid. But all of these three I go back to, I can still watch. They're still hilarious. What about your top three? Did you actually do like your number one, your number two, number three? Oh, I have a number one. I have a number one. Okay. I actually have a number one. Let me just give you a little slight backstory, though, about my mystery science theater watching. Absolutely. There was a family friend of ours, and he was the person who actually got me into comic books as well. He was like my first nerd friend. He was like a big brother. He was maybe eight years older than I was, but he was like a family friend. And he was like my parents' extra kid. You know, but like right. the older kid, and he used to come over all the time. He's the one who I, because I was only reading Archie comics until he started bringing over like Spider Man and, mm-hmm. and and She Hulk and X Men and all these comic books for me. He, we didn't have cable because my parents were cheap, and they were very much like my Preach. mom and dad were like, "There's mine. nothing on cable that you need to watch, nothing you need to see. We have eight channels. That's enough." You know, very much like that. <laughs> right. So his his name was David. So what Dave used to do is he actually would record them for us, like on VHS. Mm-hmm. And I was like in middle school, and he would bring them over. Awesome. And so that's how I was able to watch MSC3K. He would he's the one who introduced me to a lot of nerd stuff. Another side note, because you know how my family really loves Star Trek, he had the interactive Star Trek DVD board game. Do you remember that? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is going <laughs> in the way back machine. <laughs> or was it was it a DVD or was it like a laser disc? I think I remember because I, I remember it was like digital. I don't remember it was VHS. I think it, I mean from what I remember, I think in my old comic books it was VHS. But it maybe it was VHS. He just stopped and started. Anyways, yes, that I'm totally going off topic. But that was how I was able to watch MSC3K. So my favorite one, and I think my brother and my sister will agree with me because we still laugh about it. Oh, are you starting with your is, number one? Oh, do you want me to start? From I was going to start with three? number three, man. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Number three. Okay. Number three. All right. You go first. Number three. <laughs> number three was with Joel. It's from the first season and it's the crawling hand. Mm-hmm. The only reason the crawling hand is my favorite is because my mom, when we were kids, had told us how my grandma loved horror movies, but these are like 1950s horror movies, right? Not like they are now. And I think the reason my uncle's afraid of birds is because of the movie, the birds, because my grandma Fair would enough. make them watch all these scary old movies. My mom told us this story about this movie about an astronaut who goes into space and the spaceship explodes and his hand somehow makes it back to Earth and it is alive (laughs) and it's like killing people. Mm -hmm. And my mom's telling us this. She's, oh, I was so scared. I couldn't sleep. Oh, I was so scared. I didn't want to put my feet on the floor at night when I got out of the bed. I was so scared. So my sister and I are like, oh, really? My mom finally shows us the crawling hand and we're watching it and we are riffing on it just like. Joel Wood, right? Mm-hmm. And Tom Servonko. We are making fun of my mom so bad. And we actually said, Mom, this is so bad. It's like a mystery science theater movie. We're like, Mom, look at Mom, look. She's still breathing. Look, she doesn't be dead, but her chest is rising and falling. <laughs> right. Mom, she just blinked. Mom, she blinked. Like, it's so bad. 
And then my sister and I found it, and it actually was a mystery science theater movie. And my mom, she was so mad. She's like, I hate you kids. I hate you kids. That movie was scary. <laughs> but she was super embarrassed. <laughs> awesome. So number three is The Crawling Hand, and that was from the first season with Joel. Fantastic. Uh, my number three is Hellcats, which is from oh. season two. Yeah, I'm like, I remember that it one, too. Just... So this one... Uh, a cop is killed by like the mafia or like a drug boss, and his fiance and brother uh, join. This is from the Wikipedia page. Join a drug running, woman led biker gang to uncover the boss's operation and get justice. <laughs> <laughs> it is so. It's so bad. Bananas. And with some of these movies, both in the new season and in the old season, because these were. A lot of just low budget movies. Some of them actually had decent budgets and like the movie itself looked kind of good. This one does not. Like this looks like it was shot in like someone just grabbed some Super 8 cameras back then and filmed it. Like things are out of focus. The lighting but the is thing terrible. About those Super 8, sometimes the Super 8 things look artsy and cool. They right. almost look worse than that. Right. <laughs> they look even like like that. First, remember the first cell phones that had cameras? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just all grainy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just bad. Check out my two megapixel camera. <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden there's light, but now it's dark and there's shadow. And then there's light and then there's shadow. I'm like, does anyone not? Yeah. There's no guy who has a boom mic. Like, everything's just bad. No. So with this one with Hellcats, same thing. Like, even when they're filming outside, like, there are shadows on people and, like, this open field. And it was like, what? Yeah. Like, what is happening? <laughs> At one exactly. point, like, one of my favorite parts, uh, they kind of, like, all these bikers kind of roll up and meet each other. And one guy is standing there like with his knee up on his bike, just looking out in the distance. And the guy just like walks straight up to him, puts his leg up on his bike, and they're staring at each other. And Joel goes, I'm here for the staring contest. And you're like, no, fur, you're wearing glasses. <laughs> and just like the movie is ridiculous. <laughs> but just listening to the, the voices of Tom Servo and Crow, it just it is amazing. So yeah, Hellcats is my number three. That's awesome. Uh, my number two mm-hmm. is funny because they put it back on Netflix, which I loved, was I Accuse My Parents. Nice. That one was one of my favorite ones just because it was just so <laughs> funny because the kid is basically a 30-year-old man in high school <laughs> who has partying alcoholic parents. But this is like in the 50s, so right. it's black and white. Like partying alcoholic parents. And he's a huge, massive crazy pathological liar where he writes this story and at school and this essay talking about how wonderful his mom is and his mom finally shows up to the special day or whatever and she's like wasted and they're like <laughs> she's drunk and Tom Servo goes it's funny but every time they did it's funny that was my favorite little thing awesome another time was it when he goes to the bank no he's the girl that he likes and with the way that her hair is and the way that she's standing, she kind of like the Cowardly Lion and like Tom Servo wow. goes, courage. Like that was funny because <laughs> I've used, because you know how much I loved an insult mm-hmm. and an inside joke. So I've used that one. <laughs> courage. Courage. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I love the movies that are kind of like musicals where there's songs in them mm-hmm. and then they make fun of the songs. And that was, it, it, it was just a funny one. But I accuse my parents with Joel as my number two. Awesome. Uh, my next two are both on Netflix also in the original uh, series. Because that is the thing with this reboot, you have it is listed differently. So it is not like if you, go, if you look for MST3K, 
they will have the, I think it is called Collection 1, with a bunch of the old ones. The new one is Reboot. It so. says, I thought it's The Return. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Return. The Return. The Return, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, of the original one, my next two are on there. My number two is Space Mutiny. <laughs> Space <laughs> so who who who's that one? Is that Mike or Joel? Uh, that was Mike. That was Mike. Okay, remind me what that one is. I can't think of what it is. So Space Mutiny. This what is... season is it though? Is it still with the Doctor? Oh, this was with late. The, this was like season eight. Like this. this because was... you know there was a time where they had some woman show up, and it was almost like she was in like a VW bus. Yeah, that, and uh, actually Pearl. it used to come on. Yeah, it used to come on Channel Thirteen at night. I don't know if you did. You get that? It came on really, really late. I ended up finding it one night. I think this it was a... on Fox syndicated, super late. Mm-hmm. And I tried to watch it because I love MSC Three K, but I really just missed Doctor Forrester and right. So I had a hard time with her. Yeah, it was with the throughout the years with all of the different hosts and or not hosts but all the different side characters yeah like on the satellite of love it was just mike joel and the robots but then outside of that yeah they had a bunch of different ones they had the brain guys they had um uh the ape the the one from planet of the apes right so oh i forgot about that too yeah Yeah. so like it was okay some of that kind of got a little bit weird um yeah but, because I don't even think it was on – I think that it wasn't even on uh, Comedy Central at that point because I feel like that's what – because I was like, why am I able to watch this? And there were new episodes that they were airing, but some re- for some reason it was super late at night on Fox. Yeah, I mean, I think – I bet that you that's point, how I ended up not seeing that one. Yeah, I mean, because they entered syndication in weird ways. Like, they had Mystery Science yeah. Theater Hour where yes, Mike yes. kind of presented it, um, like Masterpiece Theater – so they kind of, they tried a bunch of different things. But with yep. Space Mutiny, this is the one where uh, the the scene that still cracks me up that I remember watching when I was a kid when I first saw it, uh, it stars this big, hulky, blonde guy. And every time he would, like, punch somebody or something, they would just be making new names for him. They were like, Biff Biceps. Uh, <laughs> Peck Man Strength. <laughs> So they just like <laughs> every time and it just goes on and on the movie itself. So at one point they have like these go-kart type things, like these like one passenger little vehicles that they're supposed to be like racing, but you can tell the footage is sped up. Uh-huh. So it just, it is amazing. <laughs> so I, I highly encourage people to check out space mutiny. The ones maybe I have seen it. I think I oh, I, you it. probably have like once you pull it up, it will probably start to look familiar. All of the MST3Ks that that I really liked, that I remember, <clears throat> a lot of them are the space ones or something like that. Because, again, huge like sci-fi. Like Santa Claus and the Martians. Right. <laughs> just huge sci-fi kids. So watching these movies and just seeing people tear them apart was amazing. So that mm-hmm. was my number two. So now you can talk about your number one favorite my from number the original one. series. My number one you cannot find anywhere except for um, YouTube. Somehow we found it. Someone uploaded it to YouTube in 15-minute increments. And I think I might still have – I'm going to send it to you. Mm-hmm. So I might still have a say. But it was my number one favorite. My brother and my sister, we loved it. It starred Mel Torme, <laughs> Mamie Van Doren, and Paul Anka. And mm-hmm. it was called Girls Town. Right. And it was so funny. Like that one, I actually did like a train – 
um, took the train from Seattle to Portland one time and on the way back because they have Wi-Fi on the train on mm-hmm. Amtrak, but you can't watch Netflix. And I was like, well, it's a three hour. What are we going to do? I'm like, oh, Girls Town. I actually made myself sick laughing so hard at them making fun of Mel Torme because he's supposed to be kind of like in high school, but he's clearly 50. Uh, I was like, Mel Torme was already like old (laughs) and 50 years old at that point. But but not only that, every time he'd show up, they'd go, they would like scat every time he would show up. It was so funny. Another time he's like at a drive, like a drive it. What do they call them? Drive it? Drive Drive ups? Drive-in, uh, drive-in like theater. the restaurant. No, 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 no. The restaurant oh. where they come out on the roller skates and bring you your food. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, drive-through. Or no. Yeah. Uh, what do they call those? Oh my gosh, we had one. Is it called a drive-in? I guess it's like so. a Sonic. Like Sonics are kind of like that. Yeah, okay. Sonic yeah. restaurants are kind of like that. So he's there and he's like eating and he always kind of looks like he has <laughs> indigestion. And when the waitress comes up to him and <laughs> and one of the one of the guys, I think it's either Tom Servo or Crow, was like, he like kind of belches and goes. Oh, I have another go around the menu. <laughs> I cried, and I and that was a scene I almost I thought I was gonna throw up. I was like, I was making myself sick because I couldn't stop laughing because he looked so bloated and like he was having heartburn. <laughs> and then when they said, "I'll have another go around the menu," and like belch, oh, I cried. <laughs> but that one was super funny. Awesome. That one I just girl sound is my number one. It'll always be number one. And that one was with Mike. Awesome. <laughs> Um, my number one, and this is another one that you and I have actually talked about before on an episode where we talked about, uh, on our Captain Collaboration episode, my number one, and it, this is one of those ones where it is not maybe the best movie. It might not be the best comedy, but when I first saw it, it just hit me at the right time. And it is the Puma Man. (laughs) What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, man. I know. The Puma Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, it was an old, like, it was an old Italian movie. And that was the other thing, is a lot of the old MST3K movies were foreign movies that were dubbed. Yes, that were dubbed, yes. Because they didn't have to pay for any rights with those. <laughs> They're just like, whatever, who cares? <laughs> and so this is an old Italian, dare I say, superhero movie, where this this guy, this paleontologist or archaeologist, gets a necklace that gives him the strength of a puma which also allows him to fly <laughs> because, <laughs> because apparently the pumas, can, pumas fly. can fly and so they make that joke multiple times through the movie because he would just like <laughs> leap off of a building and start flying there like um <laughs> that's not what a puma does <laughs> and just the fight choreography is amazing the villain is dr cobras oh god i mean it I just... is a train wreck <laughs> You know what's so funny is as funny as the guys are, like, and I'm going to talk about this with the new season. Some of those movies are so bad. I can barely watch yep. totally them agree. make fun of it. Because I'm just like, this movie is so bad. I don't even want to, like, look at it. It's like, it's ma- it's like almost like making me angry. Because yep. I'm like, this is so bad. Like, who made this? How did this get made? Yeah, that definitely. I would not want my name on the credits. Like, some of them are just that bad. Because, like. Girls Town, clearly there was a budget behind that. They're mm-hmm. like Paul and Camelter, maybe Van Dorn. Maybe Van Dorn was yeah. like the super hot kind of poor person's Marilyn Monroe, if you will. You know, <laughs> wow. like she was, you know what I mean? Like she's yeah. like the bootleg version, but she was like super hot back version. then. You, just, you should Google her and see what she looks like now. But, you know, that whole like Bridget Bardot look. So you mm-hmm. get it. Like some of those, there was some really bad movies out there that they tried, but like. Because there's a couple of those MSC3K movies there. There are actors. I'm like, you know you recognize yep. the actors. But th- there's some of them. I'm like, 
Because to me, Manos Hands of Fate was just like, to me, honestly, the movie's really bad and everyone hates it. And it mm-hmm. was a big joke of how they were just like almost like stunned with how bad right. it was and they couldn't say anything. But that one to me almost looks like something you would stick in some art house and put on just, you know, like in the 70s. Like some beatniks would be like, oh, I get it. Like, Ugh. yeah, it's bad. <laughs> but but some of those are just like the Puma Man. Like that is so, it's so bad. Mm-hmm. But it's still, so bad. but still fun to watch. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, that, that's, that just, is ugh. a really good point. Uh, so yeah, those were our those were our top three original. I have an, oh yeah, you do. You have, have an honorable, an honorable mention. mention. Uh-huh. My honorable mention. I saw it in the theater. I've watched it eight million times, which is not an exaggeration. <laughs> was Mystery Science Theater the movie mm-hmm. with Mike? And the movie was This Island Earth. <laughs> that movie, and I use it all the time in our podcast when I make fun of somebody's acting. Because there's a scene in it where Brack, the main alien, mm-hmm. is trying to tell the scary mutant brain alien thing to stand back away from the humans. And he goes, stand back! And his hair kind of shakes. <laughs> and he goes, stand back! And Crow goes, acting! And I'm like, that is... It was so funny because mm-hmm. every time I see someone trying so hard to act in a movie where you know they're trying to get that Oscar, yep. you know, that's all I ever think is acting. Like, oh, tone it down. Yep. And then there was like the fart jokes in it that were funny. <laughs> there was like they kept making fun of this one guy. They go, how was it? Did we say Heil Hitler? Because he looked like a Nazi. <laughs> like they just the that one was one of my favorites. Like mm-hmm. and my brother and my sister and myself, we still do the joke when the aliens send them like the scientists like the machine to make up so that they can, can communicate with the aliens right and the music they do the montage music and they're like science and technology <laughs> men <laughs> twisting things and turning them like <laughs> like so we'll do that one too and we'll make fun of my dad about stuff like that but like there's so many one-liners this is what i love there's so many one-liners from all the movies mm-hmm. and when what they say that I we still use them and how long has this show been on? Seriously. When did that movie come out? Like ninety seven? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so long ago and I'm we're still doing one liners from it. Yeah. But that was science and technology. <laughs> that turning knobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Men fixing and turning things. <laughs> uh, see what is funny is with that is that whole acting thing, I actually picked that up uh before that movie because one of um uh, John Lovitz's roles on SNL from like back in the day. He played the, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, master yeah. thespian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so that was where the whole acting yes. came from. Uh, there was yes. an episode where... Was, he would even do it on The Critic. Did you ever watch The Critic? Yeah. The cartoon The Critic, he would do it too. Uh, there's an episode where it was... So John Lovitz was on it and John Lithgow was the host or something. And John Lithgow was like his professor uh-huh. And so they both of them together just acting. It was amazing. <laughs> so John Lovett is a great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah. Yes. So excellent <laughs> honorable yeah. mention. Uh and that one, I feel like they had that on Netflix for a while. Do they? Because if they have that on Netflix, if they had it, I would watch it over and over and over again. I feel like I feel like it's it just used on to a, be. on a constant loop. Yeah. Nice. Uh so yeah, those were our favorites of the original series and what was crazy about the original series is the way that like after the show kind of well got canceled it actually got canceled three different times uh during its tenure because it got canceled after that first initial run in like 96 then it was brought back Uh for a couple of seasons then got canceled again then they tried doing like the mystery science theater hour with mike 
that got canceled. So they kept trying different things. And then there was this kind of rift where Joel and some of the original people started uh, a company called Cinematic Titanic. And the cool thing, did you ever see any of those or hear anything about Cinematic Titanic? Uh, this is actually my first time hearing about it. Really? So yeah, yeah. Cinematic Titanic was awesome. What they would do is they would actually do live shows. And they would still watch like old B-movies, a lot of black and white movies, and do the same thing with some of the original cast. That started, but then, again, kind of in this, I won't even say feud between Joel and Mike, but a lot of people want to put it in that context. Mike started a company called Riff Tracks. Have you heard of Riff okay, Tracks? Okay, so I know what Riff Tracks is because okay. you know that some of those smaller theaters in Seattle, they'll, yep. they would do those. And even, I think sometimes you can see the Riff Tracks. Um, do you know, I know that you get to go to a lot of screenings, but if you mm-hmm. go to like a regular movie, like, uh, and they do those Fathom events yep, or whatever, sure. sometimes it'll be like a Riff Tracks thing. So yeah, I am familiar with that. But the other one I'd never heard of. Yeah, so Cinematic Titanic was the same type of formula with those older movies. Riff Tracks, I gotta give it to Mike. He pulled a genius move so as opposed to getting these like old movies that were in public domain what he would do with kind of some of the newer people from mst3k is they would watch the movie record their whole riff and commentary and they would sell the mp3 of the audio and then you would watch the movie by yourself oh that's that's actually a good idea that's not a bad idea because that, I mean, they they were not copywriting anything. All they were doing was selling an MP3, like a podcast or anything. And then they're like, okay, start the movie now. And then they would just yeah, riff the whole awesome. movie. Genius. So that's they did really smart. They yeah. did those with uh, Transformers, Harry Potter, like all of these new movies. Oh, with the newer movies? With newer movies. Oh, that is great. Why am I just now hearing about this? So what's crazy is like sometimes on YouTube, and they frequently get pulled down because of copyright, which is what they're trying to do to avoid it in the first place. So sometimes YouTubers will take the videos and kind of like mash them together. But in general, they were doing new current movies, just recording audio and selling an audio track for like, I think it was like five bucks or something. That's and it was genius like i will give them credit forever for just coming up with something different while still in that mindset so uh but yeah and then this whole return of mst3k was because joel finally got the rights back he lost the rights in the early 2000s to the comedy central who did he lose them to to a couple different people who were investors at the time um there's a company not bad brains that was a punk band um, but it was something like that. So he lost the rights of this show that he created and pioneered. So he finally managed to get those back, started this Kickstarter campaign with the goal of $2 million, which it is Kickstarter people. $2 million is madness. Uh, yeah, it took them a week and they hit $5.4 million. Which was so awesome. So and I love awesome. how they actually kind of they actually make a few, like quite a few references to it in the. Oh season. yeah, for sure. They make a bunch of Kickstarter jokes. It's funny. Yeah, and yeah, GoFundMe Go Fund jokes. <laughs> By the end of that campaign, all said and done, they had raised over five point seven million. So they were able to then finance all of these fourteen episodes in this new season. Spoiler alert: Jess and I have not finished the whole season because. Unlike, oh, you haven't? No. Oh, I thought you finished it. I only watched the first three. Because that was the thing is, 14 episodes, each episode 
is over 90 oh. minutes. And so you I know, I was like, going to say, isn't it like an hour and a half long like, yeah, or, like or longer? And it just dropped a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, I was out of the country for a while. And so I just trying to catch up on it. I made I'm about halfway through the season of this current run. Uh, I mean, how many episodes is like six, 18 episodes or something? It's a lot 14. of episodes. Uh, oh, okay. I was yeah, like, because I don't even have time. When I was thinking, I was like, well, let me watch all these before John and I record. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have time to watch I try, all these. I tried to, but trying to watch this, trying to watch Rick, Rick and Morty. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot. Uh, right. but, and then also reading comic books, you know, like that's even, you know, like that's what I've, I've even actually been making time for that. So it's like all these things. See, with me, like I've not been reading comics as much as I have been reorganizing my comic book collection for the past week. Uh, yeah, I know. Nerd. <laughs> hey, when you have, and I counted, well, of course I counted because I have a massive spreadsheet. Uh, I have over 2,000 comics that are all categorized and alphabetized. And anyway, I will put up some pictures on my social media of that project. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so of this new season, of the ones that you have seen, kind of how do you feel so far? Do you like the, the new cast? Like, how, do, so, how are you feeling? Okay, I'm going to tell you this. It's funny because the night that it aired, I think we, or premiered or whatever, I think I was texting you guys and I was going to watch it. And then I saw Will Wheaton and, um, uh, what's her name from Buck Rogers? kind of opened it and I was like I don't want to do this and I actually turned it right off and I went back right. to the old one because mm-hmm. I was like that's what I actually do is I watch it when I in bed at night like I when I get ready for bed I watch Mystery Science Theater I'm like the second that I heard they were putting out the old episode that was like sweet <laughs> in my room every night watching MST3K so it takes me like three nights to watch them right and I was like I'm just gonna go back to the classics I was like well let me give it a chance and they did such a good job of actually jumping right into it that mm-hmm. first five minutes when I was raising my eyebrows that was only that five minutes because yeah. even they were trying to give a backstory and everything. And Jonah's like, all right, let's just get to it. You know? Yeah. And I was like, sweet. Like, I love this. They just jumped right to it. I don't need a backstory. Nope. I don't need to know who any of these new people are. Mm-mm. You can do it in the opening credits or an opening song like you always do. And just let us watch a show. But I think it's really, really great. Jonah does really well with Tom Servo and Crow. Uh, Gypsy's new voice is funny. I kind of miss her old voice. I yeah. kind of really annoying kind of a, like clearly like mm-hmm. a woman a man doing a woman's voice mm-hmm. but i don't i don't mind it yeah i was really impressed because felicia day man i mean she is almost like the the same type of thing as chris hardwick where any nerd thing if you can get She's felicia that. day yep you are solid yeah and so she is great Patton oswald is hilarious I like, like it yeah. just it looks like and this this is one of the best things about the old series. It looks like all of them are just friends that just hang out and just mm-hmm. have fun doing this yep. thing. So and it takes them what like a week to like write it. They watch it for a, they watch the video movie and mm-hmm. then they yeah it's a, they did a good job. The timing is perfect. Now rem- now correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember Tom Servo floating in the air back in the no old that was did new he used to do that. No that was okay, they even, they even mentioned that they're like and I can fly now. And so he starts oh, flying okay, away. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I was like, I don't remember that part. There are some things that are kind of weird. They still structured, it feels like, like it is on TV. Like they yes, do the commercial commercials. breaks. And I'm like, yeah. okay. I don't, I don't mind it, though. I don't mind. I just think it is an, an interesting choice. Like, this is not syndication. This is Netflix. Right, like, right. Um, and the, the skeleton crew, which is kind of, I mean, kind of funny play on words. But I just don't really understand them. And like right. the, the band, 
type situation. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a little strange. I do, and I, I miss the, um, I do miss the uh, invention exchange because do they do they do, yeah. do they even do that? Yeah, they do it almost every episode. Do they? How have I never even noticed it? Maybe I just don't didn't care. Maybe it's just too late because I used to really love Joel's inventions. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was a funny thing is like Joel built Tom Servo and like he built all of the right. original robots himself. So that was always funny. Like he has that was why he couldn't make it back home. Remember, because he took to make his right. robot friends <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to capture his sanity or to keep his sanity uh, yeah, with the help yeah. of his robot friends. Um. So of of the new season of the ones that you have seen so far which ones are they and kind of which one is your favorite so far so i watched the first one reptilicus <laughs> reptilicus which was actually really really bad in a oh, good yeah. way because that was really bizarre because i kind of felt like this is strange that this is actually like a made again a made movie somebody mm-hmm. but at the same time you phoned in the special effects that was interesting well, it was not uh, even <laughs> it was like and this is a danish movie and it yeah. reminded was, me. And was it English or dubbed? Because like that's the other thing too. A lot of times I'm like, is this dubbed or is it oh, English? Yeah, it I can't dubbed. tell. It was a Danish film. <laughs> okay. Um, but what's funny is this reminds me. It reminded me of another show that you and I love, Power Rangers, where you can oh, tell yes. all of the human parts were from one movie, and yes. the actual animal and everything else was from something completely different. Totally different. Yep. That was it. Was pretty bad but in a good way, and it was really funny. But I'm gonna have to tell you the next one. Um, the is it Cry not, Wilderness? Ca- Cry, I almost said Cave Dweller. That's the old one. That was an old Cry one. Wilderness. Mm-hmm. Was so hard to watch. Yeah. Yep. I didn't get it at all. Everything about it was strange. It just was a little problematic. It just was like it. It made no sense at all. Nothing about it made sense. The random. FBI guy who was in their house going to town on that turkey leg was that was disgusting mm-hmm. and it's like no big deal that this man broke into your house and then the raccoons oh man it was rough yeah. that one was actually that was one of the ones where I almost skipped it but I was like no I have to watch it. I have to watch it because that movie was that bad yeah the kid was weird and running off and I couldn't tell if that was his dad or his uncle the well, whole thing and was every weird. time and he was like you stay here and he was like okay Five seconds later, he is running down the side of a mountain. <laughs> Something else. Yeah. And then they, of course, had the Jolly engine. Like, that was yep. so problematic. So you have, like, a Red Hawk First Nation sidekick. That was so problematic. I was That was rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was when I was like, I'm having a hard time. Like, I'm having a really hard time with this movie. And they, it's funny, the jokes that they're cracking, but I just, I'm having a hard time. And then I watched that. Uh, what was the third one? Uh, the Time Travelers. <laughs> That one was problematic because, <laughs> and I was like, is that man actually physically disabled? And they were like, wow, they actually used someone with actual physical deformities to be yeah. the, the mutant. To, to represent the like, mutants. Yeah, yeah, that was so, ru-. I was like, wow, the stuff they used to get away with. Oh, Yeah. That one, actually, that was, like, that one was, I really enjoyed that one. And every time they're making fun of, uh, of Danny. Because, again, Danny is, like, this regular guy. He's an electrician in this room full of, right. like, scientists. And all of them are doing science. And he just stands there. And they're like, so, uh, guys, can I uh, help with anything? No? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll, just, I'll just stand here. And he's like, remember that he was, like, making eyes at the girl? The mm-hmm. girl's making eyes back at him. Like, how did he even end up down? But there's always some bumbling idiot in every single one yeah. of these movies. Yeah. Always one. Yeah. So, Time Travelers, that, that one actually, I definitely liked that one. And then, yeah, I, I liked it, too. Though. Did it you watch funny. Avalanche? It. No. What is that one? So Avalanche, it takes place at like this ski resort uh, that, of course, there's an avalanche that rips what year? through. Uh, the movie came out in 78. Okay. So it's a 70s type movie. Yeah. Okay. Late 70s. And okay. 
has like this divorcee going to like see her ex-husband who is this magnate who was built this ski resort and it just like so a bunch of people die in this avalanche and but towards like the end of the movie they're like well i guess we'll try again next time and it's just like Wait, what? Are you guys ignoring <laughs> the people that died in an avalanche? Like, people are buried. They're probably still alive, buried. And, like in they're snow, having and a like, drink eh. in like the ruined ski resort at the end. And she was like, "Well, I guess I'll see you later." And it was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> so that was really good. But my favorite so far of this season is episode six. And again, it is a space one. It is called Star Crash, and it is a blatant. I mean, not even, yeah, I mean, Star Wars ripoff. Like, this came out in 1978. Oh, it's like um, a bootleg, like a Chewbacca? There is not a Chewbacca, but there is an android sidekick. Uh, oh, a robot sidekick you. who has a southern accent. Ew. Like, and he is a full, like, you never see the actor's face. Like, he is a robot. And he's like, well, I think we should get out of here. And we're just oh. like, what is happening? <laughs> Um, no. basically this woman, uh, and I, it is not even spoilers, but I still will not go into too much, but this woman is a fugitive and she gets caught by the space authorities and gets sent down to work in the mine. Now, when you think of working in a mine, you think of people in coveralls and, you know, fully clothed, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Miners. So, so everyone is, except she is in a bikini. No, oh! Um, <laughs> No. So the whole movie? The whole movie. And <laughs> different bikinis within the same scene. Oh, so they just, forgot. But seriously, she is working in a mine in like this bikini with like straps on it and a high collar. Uh, oh, my God. And she was like, we need like, to try Like Xenon, whatever. Xenon. From, uh, what was that? No, Xenon. What was the one on um, Disney Channel? And Raven Simone was in it. Remember that real cheesy, like, did you ever see that? I'm not sure I did. Oh, I'm going to send it to you. Yeah, wow. this is like that. It's, every, it's like you put a big, huge, weird collar mm-hmm. and immediately it makes it sci-fi. Oh, okay. It's sci-fi right. now. Oh, yeah. And the, the bad guy in this has this massive collar. But this is I one see. where, like, Christopher Plummer is in it from Sound of Music. You're lying to me. And you're, like, legitimate. See, this star- is what I mean. Like, uh, there's, David like, actual movies. is in it. No! Like, it is just bizarre, but seriously, this woman, this poor woman, <laughs> the entire movie. <laughs> What's she mining for? <laughs> oh, these weird circular globe things. Uh, oh, and they just happen to be perfect circles when she's mining? Right. Uh, oh, okay. But throughout the entire movie, she is in some form of a bikini or another, but it will seriously like be, the camera will be on her, and she is just acting. <laughs> they, will pan, they will pan away to someone else, pan back to her. She is wearing a different outfit different and a different Mickey. collar in the Costume same change. Like it is madness, but absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Like I laughed for Plummer and David so hard. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see it. That's funny. Yeah. So there we go. That was that was Mystery Science Theater 3000 The Return. Uh so far, I'm totally digging it. Yes, there are ones that are just hard to watch because the movie itself is hard to watch no matter so bad. Yeah, no matter yeah. how funny the guys are. So all right, uh, moving right along to Rick and Morty. My number one. I've seen every episode at least five times. F- okay, and that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> I, I've re- I will watch. I re- rewatch the seasons over and over and over and over again. Okay, now is this one that did you start watching it like when it first came out, or did you have to catch first up came on? out? 
Wow. Nope. It first came out. I saw it when it first came out because I'm, I always have a TV in my room. Sorry, Oprah. I have a TV in my room. <laughs> and, um, she does listen. to. I this, like to so, watch cartoons know. at night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, Oprah doesn't have a TV in her room. I hate people. Like I don't have a TV in my room. I don't care. Just like the I people that it's great. I'm sure that. And again, when you were living in Seattle, you probably met them also. Cause I know them when they're like, I don't even own a TV. I don't watch TV. Uh, watch you watch, TV. you watch Netflix six hours a day. That yeah, is so you TV. still watch TV. Yeah, nice try. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just because you don't have cable because you're being cheap, I get it. Just admit it. <laughs> right. Being cheap. Just, ugh, Seattle. That, yeah. Anyway. Yes. Um, no, but I watched it from the very first episode okay. because I watch TV late at night, and I'm always looking forward to the new show on Sunday nights on Adult Swim. Gotcha. That's what I look forward to. Um, but that's what every night, and I had direct TV in Seattle, so I got everything three hours earlier, right? So instead of coming on at 11 o'clock at night, it it would come on at eight o'clock for mm-hmm. me because I, you know, and then I also paid more. So I had three cartoon networks and three, eight Disney channels. And <laughs> yeah, so I would get them so I could rewatch them. And I also had set my DVR just because I was like, oh, I'm going to set the DVR. This should be good. Mm-hmm. And I ended up becoming obsessed with it. And then my very first time ever going to San Diego Comic-Con mm-hmm. was in 2014. So the show premiered in 2013. So okay. 2014... I went with uh, Damien and his wife, and they, they're vets. They've been going to SD, SDCC for years. And, you know, Hall H is the one hall that's hard to get into. But right. I was like, oh, let me go into this ballroom because there is a Venture Brothers and um, Rick and Morty panel. And I ended up becoming friends with this guy in line who'd never even heard of Rick and Morty, and he was from Bellingham. Hmm. And so I was like, oh, cool. Was, this is my favorite show. I'm obsessed with it. The first season's awesome. You have to watch it, blah, right. blah, blah. So we go into the ballroom. I cannot think. I'm going to have to ask Damien what that ballroom is. It's the second largest room, like hall. And it's, and it's at the hotel kind of across the street from the, maybe it's the Hyatt or the Hilton. Huh, okay. Anyways. Um, and Dan Harmon is there. Justin Roiland is there. And then Chris Parnell and um, the voice of the daughter, I believe, is there. And Summer. It was, yeah, Summer. I can't think of the actress's name. And it's funny because they barely spoke, Chris Parnell at the panel, and they showed a scene from the like a, from an episode, and it was like a rough cut. It was, you know, how we're like, this is a very rough cut. And it was basically just a sketch, like oh, yeah, a yeah. black and white sketch, kind like of animated very loosely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Of um, which one was it? It was, oh, Morty Night Run. Mm-hmm. Morty Night Run. And it was so funny because what they did was they showed – um, Morty playing this video game that's an interactive video game called Dan? Dave? Steve? I can't, it's a man's <laughs> name and I'm having a brain fart as okay. to what it was. But it's a total... Um, virtual reality. A, yeah, virtual reality mm-hmm. where you put this helmet on. It's at, it's at this place called Blips and Shits and it's a basically adult Chuck E. Cheese. It's an interdimensional like total space thing, whatever. Gotcha. So... We open with Rick selling a weapon of mass, not weapon of mass destruction, but like um, illegal guns, whatever, Mm -hmm. to some guy who's like a paid hitman or whatever. And he takes the money for some space coins or whatever to go to blips and shit. And (laughs) so they go play this game. So he plays the game. Um, Morty plays it first. And you basically are going through this life of this man from the time he's like a child and then he's in high school, then college and married. He works at his... um, father-in-law's carpet store he ends up with cancer he beats the cancer then he goes back to the carpet store and he is like all happy with his life you know he's kind of content but then when he goes to grab the carpet down 
the carpet falls on him and, he, and it kills him. And it's like, game over. And Morty what? takes the helmet. I'm like, what? Where? My wife? My kids? What's happening? Like, it was so funny because he was, like, really involved in it. <laughs> and he makes fun of him about it. And then the best part is, though, is uh, when Rick basically was making fun of Morty and says, that's the difference between you and me is I don't go back to the carpet store. And it's mm. funny. Like, yeah, you decided at, you have this virtual reality game where you can like basically do whatever you want you beat cancer and you just went back to your regular job mm-hmm. and just kind of making fun of him so and then of course rick puts it on and he can like because he's the smartest guy in the universe can, right you know whatever anyway so, so basically rick and morty is let me back up <laughs> a, a crazy 80 year old grandfather mm-hmm. and his grandson their idea dan and justin basically said they were kind of doing a back to the future thing like, it's supposed to be Doc Brown and Marty McFly, but right. instead what they did was made it a grand, crazy scientist grandfather and then his grandson, who's about 14 years old. And then there's their little hijinks when they go around the planet or whatever, or around like, space and universe time. Universe and, and galaxy. Yeah, yeah, and everything else. Exactly. And that's basically what it is. And every single episode, what I liked about Rick and Morty is it's really well written, but also they always have a guest, a famous actor or someone do a guest voice. Um, which is always fun to listen. You know, you're waiting to hear who's going to be the guest voice mm-hmm. this time and you see if you can recognize it. Uh, but then also everyone kind of has a point and kind of a moral, but it's always has something to do with family and life mm-hmm. as opposed to like where South Park, because you know, South Park is my favorite. Right. They are most, mostly doing like a social commentary on something that's currently happening. Right. Like six days to air that little documentary mm-hmm. was. We have six days. What's happening within these six days? Yeah. So we make every single episode very current. Topical and mm-hmm. yes. Whereas Rick and Morty's basically like this is a dynamic of a family. This is a dynamic of just human beings and their lives, and we are going to show you what happens in these. And then it even includes the aliens, where the aliens are like humans. They have human voices and human personalities, even though they all look different. Mm-hmm. But that's why I love it. It's just super funny, and also just how disrespectful Rick is to Morty. <laughs> Yeah. The things that he says to him and to his own family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I, I mean, when I finally got the chance to watch some of this and see what all the hype was, the show was funny. And the thing is like, and Dan Harmon, that guy cannot lose. I mean, he, pretty much everything that he has worked on in recent years has just, has been a huge hit. And it makes sense and because it has, he has like, really these talented. really cult followings. He yeah. has these really like, you know, and there's a lot of nerds. It's mostly nerd stuff. I noticed with most of his shows, it's like the nerdy kids like it, like the geeks. Mm-hmm. The stuff that appeals to the geeks, like community, like be, has a huge following. And when I notice who likes it, I'm like people who watch the Marvel movies. And, you know, mm-hmm. like those, it's like the nerds who like, like Dan Harmon stuff. Well, and even I, I mean, wanted to say this, too. I was yeah. going to say I actually saw them two years in a row. I went to the panel for Rick and Morty two years in a row at San Diego Comic-Con. So wow. I saw them mm. in 2014, in. Okay. 2015. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I was so happy. <laughs> I felt like I was like, I felt like the hipster who was getting in early. You know, I'm like, I've mm. been watching the show. So uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, so, so far, I really like it. I mean, yeah, I powered through uh, season one. My favorite episode so far uh, is, what was the official title? Uh, me seeks and destroys with the Meeseeks. Hi, Hi, I'm, I'm Mr. Meeseeks. <laughs> I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Oh boy. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was just, it was hilarious. Because again, it showed this dynamic of, you know, Rick told them early, keep it simple, keep your request simple of this thing that can help you or like give you all of these things. 
and they just keep just going down this rabbit hole and towards the end when these music are like i just want to die <laughs> and they're like yes. we all we're not die. meant to be alive this long <laughs> it was incredible so i i'm in i'm totally in i will finish season two uh and then well it sounds i was worried i was like man by the time i finish season two how many episodes of season three are there going to be but it sounds like they're like, taking their time they may I feel like they're all, they kind of remind me. I was thinking this today. I don't know if you ever watched the Boondocks, but they remind yes. me of like the nerd version of the Boondocks. Hmm. The same thing, family dynamic and neighborhoods and all that stuff. But also, it's very well written and really clever, but very spaced apart. It's like every two th- or or Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like every three years, we get a season. You know, I'm right. like, and then and I they don't they never like break the fourth wall, but sometimes Rick will kind of do that. Oh yeah, and Rick then, at or he'll like, he was like see you things. next week, guys. As he looks yeah. directly into the camera. <laughs> yeah. Like, sometimes they'll do that, sometimes they won't. And with this episode one of season three, he basically was like, it's going to be nine more seasons, Morty. Nine more seasons. We're going to do this, and we're going to do that. <laughs> and Morty's just kind of like, huh? Cause, but you have to realize that Rick is the smartest man in the universe. Mm-hmm. So he probably, he's the one who's like, yeah, this is a TV show. Yeah. Whereas everyone else around him does not think it's a TV show. It's real life. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's so he's saying this to his uh, grandson. His grandson's like, whatever. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> He's like, it's going to be nine more seasons, nine more. We're going to do this, and we're going to go there, and we're going to do this. And he's saying all these different things. Awesome. Um, my, I have to tell you, in the in the second season, mm-hmm. the, my two favorite episodes are the one that one that I saw at San Diego, mm-hmm. the Morty Night Run. I actually have a t-shirt. I have two t-shirts from that. Oh, like nerd man. Shirts. Uh, <laughs> Jermaine Clement is a voice in it. Okay. And every time I hear his voice, it's amazing. But even when I watch it, I'm like, where do they come up with this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, there's... Any aliens that you saw in the first season, they will make an appearance again in the second season. Wow. In Rick'sky Business, that episode where they have the house party where Bird Person meets Summer. Yes. Not Summer. Yeah, meets, yeah. Um, Summer's friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> remember, remember Aberdolf, Aberdolf Hitler? Mm-hmm. Linkler. Like, so, so, yeah. Linkler, that's what it is. Aberdolf Linkler, that's what it is. Linkler. Um, so, yeah. Bird Person, like the gear, the um, squanchy, like all of these people, you have to pay attention because they will be back. And that's mm. why you got to keep watching the episodes because you'll see something new. But they'll be back in other episodes and other okay. seasons. Um, that one is really funny. But yeah, The Ricks Must Be Crazy and Morty Night Run are my two favorite. The Ricks Must Be Crazy is so funny. And Stephen Colbert is a voice in it. That one I've seen a million times and it's never not funny. Okay. So this the, is season another two. Epi- yes. There's okay. another episode called Total Ricks. Ricksaw. Rick, like Rick Roll, whatever. That one was a good one. Damien and I talked about it in the podcast. Where it basically talks about family dynamics mm-hmm. and how the funny thing about that is everyone who's close to you has done something horrible to you and you have bad, like you don't like, of course you like unconditionally love your mom and dad and brother mm-hmm. and sister, all these people, right? But really they've done some horrible things to you. <laughs> and so not every mem- memory that you have of your parents or your brother or your sister is like some rosy, wonderful mm-hmm. thing. Like. And that was kind of funny. Damien was like, if you think about it, the people closest to you have done some horrible things and things that you hate about them. I'm like, that's so true. You mm-hmm. might love them and, you know, like they're so important to you. Family's so important. But, man, you've done some horrible things to me. You're kind of a jerk. And that right. was kind of – and it, it was just – that's why all the episodes are kind of like that. And it's super funny. All right. Yes. So now I, now I have things to specifically look forward to in season two. Yeah, and I don't know why you – just once we're done <laughs> – you have an assignment. Oh. Uh, I would, except tonight. And wait, this episode comes out on Wednesday. Yeah. So tonight, on Monday night, when we're recording, 
Oh, I don't want to hear this. Next. Uh, Guardians we'll of the Galaxy else 2 next. I don't hear, no. press screening. <laughs> what? What? Uh. I, I, you know, I forgot to say at the beginning was happy uh, Guardians of the Galaxy week. <laughs> yeah. Happy Guardians of, I'm not seeing it till Thursday. It you. is going to be awesome. Uh, this week, yeah, I mean, so seeing Guardians of the Galaxy uh, next week is going to be crazy because we get to see the new King Arthur, Arthur. movie. Yes. Which I am oh, I'm so jealous. Super excited for. I mean, I'm a sucker for anything King Arthur plus Guy Ritchie. Solid. Guy, you know, that's my guy. Love Guy Ritchie. Uh, and we also get to see Alien Covenant next week. So. Oh, good luck with that. I know. You are so excited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So Rick and Morty, moving on to uh, a new show. Brand new show. Just came out called American Gods. Now, just before you saw the show. Did you know anything about American Gods? Did you read it? No, I hadn't read it, but funny that you should say that. I am familiar with Neil Gaiman, of mm-hmm. course, but the reason I'm familiar with Neil Gaiman is not because he wrote Sandman, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I actually have. I own, I own Sandman, but I still haven't even read it. Um, well, which which one? <laughs> the graphic novel, the first one. Okay, the first one. I have, okay. a, I, I, you know, I have like the first three, I think. Okay. Someone got them there for are, me as a gift. I think of the trade paperbacks, of the normal size trade paperbacks, they did 10. So, okay, yeah. so yeah, I, just, I started it and never got into it. But I had a client who'd given me a bunch of Neil Gaiman books mm-hmm. that I n- opened and never finished. Um, <laughs> but the reason that I even know Neil Gaiman is because of Doctor Who. Yeah. So that's how, because I'm a Doctor Who, uh, I'm a Whovian. I'm mm-hmm. a Doctor Who fan, so that's how I knew who he was. I didn't really know what American Gods was. I had high hopes for it because I love Neil Gaiman. I think he's great. But at the same time, unless he's actually writing and directing the show, I'm still going to have like one eyebrow raised, kind of side eye, and like, where is this going to go? Yeah, he, he is an executive producer. So Right, but he's not. And I was looking for that in the credits. I'm like, is he a writer? Is he a director? Is he, because I'm like, if he can write and direct doctor who episodes which are some of the best episodes yeah he did the one where the tardis became sentient where it was the woman right yes Um, yep i forget the name of that one but yeah that one that was a great episode man that was like he's in a couple of them four seasons five seasons ago that was forever because that was with was it with matt smith or was it no no that was no okay so it was with tenant so it's been a while yeah yeah. But he did with some with Matt Smith as well. Mm-hmm. He's done some Matt Smith episodes. Anyways, yeah. yes. So okay. no, I hadn't really heard of. I just I know who Neil Gaiman is, but gotcha. you know he has so much stuff. He's like Joss Whedon. Like how much stuff have you written and produced? And you well, know, not only that, Stephen just, King even like just yeah. a lot of st- written. You know, because it is one thing with Stephen King. It gets to the point where even Stephen King fans, the man has like sixty books. Like that is a lot with Neil Gaiman. Smaller amount. But when you talk about cult classic books, like when you go back and look at Sandman and you think of the time mm-hmm. it came out and when goth was like first becoming a thing and you look at, you still see girls walking around dressed like death. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean that as the character death in the Sandman. No, you, you didn't mean it that way, but that's okay. <laughs> right. You're a monk's friend. Uh, right. <laughs> um, and Morpheus, you know, so it just, that run of Sandman is some of the best writing in comics ever. I mean, and it was all original, but the way he was able to tie into the greater Marvel universe and the way that he was able to do that with like Thor and Loki in Sandman are in there represent. And Thor Mm -hmm. is like, this has a little hammer at one point. So he was just, his mind is phenomenal. So American gods, the novel for those people wondering uh, came out in 2001, was the first printing. And it basically tells a story of we follow the character of a man called Shadow Moon uh, as he gets connected with 
a man who goes by Mr. Wednesday. And they basically do this road trip uh, to all these different sites. And it is about the old gods meeting slash having some conflict with the new gods. And the new gods are things like media. And uh, there's a character called Mr. World, uh, wood, stone. So it is all of these things that we then now, quote unquote, put our faith into. And there was a, like a god of technology. Yeah, that one is kind of new for the show. So yeah. uh, the I think they call him like technology boy. What year did the what, what year did the um, the book, book came out in two thousand one? And so that is the thing. Okay. The reason that some of the stuff has changed for the show is because the internet has changed since two thousand one. Because you think about it, you and I remember when the internet first kind of started. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't born yet. Girl, please. Uh, so, so uh, you mean that you mean dial up you mean trying to go on napster and like download mm-hmm. stuff uh to burn onto a cd yep. and it taking 24 hours oh if you were lucky and you were lucky if the file that you downloaded did not just completely destroy your computer your entire computer yep yeah so since he wrote the book a lot has changed and so they're going to take some different approaches in the book or in the TV show than they did in the book. And so like the technology kid or boy that they, you see in the show, I mean, he is in the book, but a little bit different and they're going to incorporate different characters, but the casting of the show so far is fantastic. Ian McShane as Mr. Wednesday, Ian McShane. Is it casted? Okay. The, so far, the casting is good. <laughs> let me okay. Let me be very specific. Ian McShane is Mr. Wednesday. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, he's amazing. Perfect. Yes. Um, the relative newcomer uh, playing Shadow Moon is actually a a British actor, uh, and he had done. Let me pull it up. Uh, where did I put it? Ba-ba-da-ba-da. Like he had done some kind of British sitcoms or not sitcoms like soap operas uh, before. But he is pretty much an unknown over here. I, he is going to take some getting used to, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know what's funny? You know what I'm having a hard time with, like looking at Shadow Moon, that looking at the actor. Oh, let me, is when I'm watching him, I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, I think he's supposed to be good looking. <laughs> Interesting. I was I was waiting for you to say something about his hairline. What it's is non-existent. It? But he it is, is though. Like know. when you look at it, like. It blows like my a Munchichi hairline. He has a Munchichi hairline. You it, know how Munchichis have that rounded hairline. Well, it just it is crazy when guys who just if you if you want to keep your hair this short, just shave it, just shave yeah. it. But he does not. It is still there, but super super short. And so you see a hairline, but it is like a bowl cut line. So as the hairdresser, like a Munchichi. You, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, they I, got that funny hairline. Yeah. So that was just kind of kind of weird. But yeah. So that is Ricky. What is it? Ricky Whittle. Yeah, Ricky Whittle plays Shadow Moon. Um, what else has he... Was he in... There was a British show, like, not to go off topic, called Footballer's Wives that I used to love. He wasn't uh, in that, was he? Uh, the 100, Mistresses, Single oh, Ladies, Holly Oaks, Dream Team. So, no. Yeah. So, he... Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the mid-2000s, there was a British show. No, I, I remember that one. Footballer's Wives. Oh, I love yeah. Footballer's Wives. That was my jam. Uh, but, yeah, some of the other... Names that people will recognize. Gillian Anderson will be playing Media, which is 
going to be great. Media basically represents, I mean, she is the talk show host. She is, right. you know, that that personification. Um, Orlando Jones is playing Mr. Nancy. So, so far, like, as far as the announced cast, and of course, we could not be talking about the cast without mentioning Pablo Schreiber, Schreiber uh, who plays Mad He's Sini. a half-brother of Leave Schreiber. Yes, paternal half-brother of Leave Schreiber, a.k.a. Sabretooth, a.k.a. the guy who really should get another chance to play Sabretooth, but we will never see it. Right. Uh, because he was the best part of that movie. <laughs> yes, he was. He's the best part of a lot of movies. Yep. What's the show on Showtime? He's so good on that show. Ray Donovan. Man, I got. I actually got Showtime added onto my cable package because of Ray Donovan. At first, I got it for House of Lies, and I stopped watching House of Lies because Ray Donovan was so good. Leif yeah. Schreiber is an excellent actor. Yeah. Uh, so his half-brother is in this, uh, and he plays a leprechaun. Uh, so, yeah. But, again, the, the show, I think, is going to take a little bit to really pull people in because right off of the bat, and this is something that Jess and I talked about off-air, if you are squeamish, this is not going to be the show for you, both with blood and gore and the sexuality in this show is going to be intense uh and jess said that basically she kind of blamed game of thrones for this violence but (laughs) if you remember stars did it first with spartacus Spartacus was on before Game of Thrones. What about Rome? Because Rome was pretty bloody too. Was yeah. Rome? I oh, thought yeah. Rome came on before Spartacus. Rome, Rome came on before Spartacus. But yeah, Spartacus, and I actually stopped watching Rome because of the blood. Oof! And Spartacus was—I mean, they did not pull punches. I mean, it was, yeah, it was it was brutal. But stars, man, everyone gets on HBO for showing female nudity, but not male nudity, and crying foul of that. And I get it. Like it is, it is unfair then a lot of the women in that show and others are kind of expected to, and the men are not. Stars does not care. <laughs> if you watch Spartacus, they Stars just likes blood and wang, apparently. <laughs> um, you know what's funny is one of my girlfriends and her husband would watch it. She goes, girl, are you watching Spartacus? I go, mm-hmm. I don't have stars. She's like, girl, I was like, she goes, whew, girl, whew. <laughs> I mean, girl, like that was her reaction. She's like, it's yeah. everywhere. And her husband's husband just like, oh, God. And that, and I just, I find it fascinating that for whatever reason, Stars just does not care. And HBO. Well, Stars is also one of those channels that has the softcore stuff, you know? Do so they that's still? Why. Yeah, they do Stars wow. and like Cinemax and stuff. Well, they Cinemax, yeah. But like the Stars, yeah. I had no idea that they still did. Like, who even watches yeah, that anymore? Some, they still do some of those weird, sketchy, like softcore things. So that doesn't surprise me. That just, who, yeah. That just, a softcore. Everyone wants to be that. HBO, though. Every, everyone wants an Emmy and a Golden Globe, you know? Mm hmm. That's, the, that's, you know, and I get it, but, you know, I mean, you know. Yeah. You know. So, <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know how I feel. The other guy, and I, yeah, I think. You might like this guy also because you like men with, what do you call it, interesting faces. Yes, I do. Uh, Crispin Michael Gl- Shannon is number one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Crispin, Crispin Glover. Glover. And that's is who I'm waiting show. for. I love him. He is also the man who doesn't age. Is he a vampire? I think so. I think he has a painting he of himself. He looks the <laughs> same age. Yo, he ha- he's the portrait. It's the portrait, portrait of, Dor- of Dorian Gray and yes, Crispin yes. Glover. He has it locked up. Mm-hmm. He has it locked up. And the day the that he takes out, somewhere. takes down the curtain from it, he's going to turn to he's ash. Be a monster. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to turn to ash. But yeah, so Crispin I mean, Glover is this. He does not age. Yeah. He still looks like McFly. I'm like, geez. Yeah, yeah. He he looks good. So he will be playing Mr. World. Um, the guy playing. 
Oh man, uh, let me pull up his name. Peter Storm Stormare. We might not recognize the name, but he will be playing a character called Chernabog, uh, who plays a critical part in the book um, throughout the entire book. And also, I hope they expand it in the show. But that actor, you will totally recognize him, you know, once you pull him up. Uh, he is just this huge Swedish guy, uh, older Swedish guy. But anyway, so he is in it. Like, the cast is solid. Like, I, I'm excited to see what they do, where they go with it. Because, yeah, this is something that Neil Gaiman fans have been waiting a long time for. And now people are like, well, if this hits, they'll finally get to make a Sandman show. And I... That is yeah, a well, we don't like that. I hate when no. they mess up a good thing. So it's like leave well enough alone is my favorite phrase. Yeah. Well, in Sandman, sometimes just leave it. There is no way that you could do Sandman into a show that would not cost five times more than Game of Thrones. And even remember what's his name had signed on who was thought was talking Keanu about Reeves doing it. at one point was going uh, to play no, Morpheus. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh my goodness, I can never think of his name because he has three names: <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Remember, he was rumored yep. for a long time to be doing that, which I thought that would be an act. He's a good actor. He's dope. Oh, yeah. he's, he's like he's a theater kid. You know, he's a mm-hmm. really good actor. So I was like, I'm, I'm with it. But we'll see. Honestly, you know, like I was not impressed with the show. And until you reminded me that Crispin Glover is going to be on it, I was mm-hmm. actually just going to give up. And Gillian like, Anderson. Yeah, she's great. But I mean, <laughs> I just really like Crispin Glover. Like yeah. I want to see someone interesting. You know, not that Jillian mm-hmm. Anderson isn't interesting, but Crispin Glover, the second I saw him, oh, and Kristen Chenoweth, like, Kristen I saw Chenoweth. her, and I'm yeah. like, her, like, I want I want to see these people do their thing, but I was just kind of, like, really turned off, because I, I get it that it stars, um, and I get that they like the violence and all that, but the one thing that I've always loved, and you've heard me say before, well, the reason I always loved Guy Ritchie was I prefer implied violence over gratuitous yeah. violence. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's just it's gross, it's off putting, and it's not like I was eating dinner when I was watching it. I didn't go like, "Oh, gross! I'm not gonna eat." I was just kind of like, "Give me a break! How much corn <laughs> syrup do you need?" Yeah, you know, like, come on, Ugh. you know. I just it was a lot of me rolling my eyes. I felt like, and then the, from the very opening scene to the very last scene, I was hmm. like, "I don't want to watch Mortal Kombat." There's a reason I don't play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> right. Even like I remember watching Marshawn Lynch and um, Conan O'Brien. The and Gronk, gamer. yeah, play that. And remember, mm-hmm. they did the same thing when they're ripping someone's spine out or whatever. And even Marshawn and him are just like, oh, God. All of them jumped up. And they're yeah. like, yuck. And that's a digital, animated, mm-hmm. cartoony video game, whereas this is meant to be live action. And I'm seeing spines and heads and stuff be ripped off. And yeah, I just recently rewatched The Kingsman. And mm-hmm. as violent as that movie was, they don't show the blood and guts. And it's like, it's kind of nice to not yeah. have to see that. I don't need to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get that, it. You know, I'm like, I don't. Mm-hmm. How many more boobies do I need to see? Like, how many more like, gratuitous sex scenes do I need? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's always this thing that I've had with, and this is just me, and I don't want to be that like, get off my lawn, old lady. <laughs> right. But I'm like, can we leave something to the imagination? If I wanted to watch pornography, I'd watch pornography. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to watch gratuitous violence i joined the army no i'm kidding no. i shouldn't say that but <laughs> but do you know what i'm saying yeah, like i just i got you that was that was just really off-putting for me and i honestly was like well i'm not gonna watch the show anymore like i don't need to see this but maybe i'll just try to like i'll just have to put it on the dvr or something and fast forward like i do with Game and not of Thrones not every episode scenes. will be as bloody as this one 
depending on how they decide to tell the story. But Right. I mean, but how did you feel about the writing? The writing, I mean, honestly, it was pretty true to the book. I mean, the thing that I like is that the Mr. Ibis character, uh, played by Damore Barnes, he is basically going to serve as a narrator, which is which is what he did in the book. In the book, the way the chapters were divided is there were these coming to America chapters where did you watch the little director's cut thing at the end thing where they talked yeah Yeah. and so same type of thing like they're going to use those throughout the show to tell those little stories that they might not you know be able to fit in with the regular things but it still ties in Mm -hmm. so yeah so i i think the writing was was good because it was pretty much the book like there were only a couple things they changed so Mm -hmm. yeah i think again it will be something where i guess my question is do you felt that the writing translated well onto the screen for the most part, yes. Um, okay. I, I will. I am very interested to see kind of how else they go about it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I'm on board. So mm-hmm. yeah, I will be watching it every. I'll try Sunday. to give it another chance just for you, oh, that guy. You. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool. And then the last thing we will talk about very very briefly because did you watch any of it? Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. So there was a show. <laughs> I was going to, and then I was like, nah, no, why? Why yeah. should I do this to myself? There's a show called I worked Powerless. long and hard all yeah. week long, and then I have to torture myself with this. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, nah, I'm good. And it was not even, okay, so the show is Powerless. It was on NBC. Uh, Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens, Alan Tudyk, who is amazing. Oh, he's in it? <sighs> yes. He plays Bruce Wayne's cousin, Van Wayne. So the show basically, DC, in a rare move, beat Marvel to the punch for a property. They failed, but they beat them to the punch. So there's a Marvel comic called Damage Control, which is all about how you think these superheroes busting up New York City every day. Who has to clean that up? So there's basically this insurance agency (laughs) called Damage Control that then fixes everything. So DC came out with a show called Powerless, focusing on a subsidiary of Wayne Enterprises that does that same thing. So they beat Marvel to the punch and failed. Uh, it already kind of got canceled. <laughs> NBC yep. pulled it from the schedule after nine episodes. I watched a bit of it. It was funny. But do you remember the show like Better Off Ted? No. No? Okay. Better Off Ted was a great show. This reminded me of that. But it just, it, it was just not really firing Didn't on curl all, all the way over yeah was Didn't not really fire, firing on all cylinders <laughs> yeah. alan tudyk as great as he is you cannot have a show with just one person that brilliant that person right um i mean uh danny danny putty putty uh from community is also in it so he is hilarious mm-hmm. but yeah it, it, was, it was rough but i felt we should yeah. we should talk about it um because it just it showed that dc is at least trying stuff you know, different. But I mean, you Arrow. know what? At my very first, not my very first, but the last company that I worked for in Seattle before I moved, mm-hmm. one of the things in our like, um, not motto, but in our like, oh, what do they call it? Basically the list of things that make us what we are. But mm-hmm. one of the things that Gene wore as Gene himself said, do not confuse efforts with results, right? Oof. If you give somebody a bad haircut, you can't just be like, well, I tried, you know, don't confuse efforts with results. Hmm. I feel that way with a lot of things. Yeah. Like, and when something like that, especially when there's a lot of money involved and you put this effort and time and everything else, a TV show on NBC should not be something that Mystery Science Theater can riff on. 
oh, and this is this would be prime for it. Because you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it, you know the writing was like it was a funny show. I just knew it was not gonna not gonna work. Um, but DC is still being really successful. I mean, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, like those shows are solid. This one they want to try something different, a situational comedy. <laughs> And yeah, so sorry, DC, uh, that one don't failed, but damage control might still work for Marvel. And I will put up a right. picture. I did you want to get it? Did you want to give it a rating? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it would be unfair to give a show like this a rating because it would just, yeah, it didn't really get a chance. Um, but I sent I sent a copy or a picture to you guys and I'll put it up on social media. My favorite cover of the original damage control series has this guy shaking his fist at Dr. Doom saying, you'll pay for this doom. Because <laughs> it is all about how the entire <laughs> comic claim. is this insurance claim going after Dr. Doom being like, dude, you broke half the city. And he was like, oh, I'll catch you later. You know? And so they finally end up like going to Latveria. And this insurance guy is like, doom, you owed this much. And he was like, fine, fine. And he writes him a check. Like, Dam- That's awesome. Damage Control <laughs> was a great four-part series back in the day. So, Yeah. So I encourage people to check that, that out. Funny. It might be on Comixology. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. So that was that was kind of it. We talked about a bunch of stuff. Mystery Science Theater 3000 and our top three old or yeah original series episodes and some new ones. We talked about Rick and Morty. Talked about American Gods and we talked a little bit about Powerless. Uh, but yeah, what else is what else is going on in your world before we before we dip out of here? Uh, nothing except for I have decided I want to cosplay at New York Comic Con this year. Yes, and tell the people who you want to cosplay of and what it is. For, I don't or, think that what? I should. It should be a surprise. Ooh, okay. I don't know. Don't you think? Okay, yeah, because you you sent it to us. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no, I like that. So yes, Ivan, if you listen to the Curly Nerd podcast, uh-huh. one of our comic books of the week was a wonderful comic book that I really enjoyed, written by a woman from Seattle. Um, and I am kind of really obsessed with it. It's called Monstrous. I'm not going to tell you which character that I'm dressing as, but it's someone from Monstrous, and I really want to cosplay. I've never cosplayed before, mostly because I just don't want to be bothered carrying that stuff around. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Last year, my niece and my brother cosplayed, and if a three-year-old can cosplay, I can too. So I was like, you know what? Let me do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, New York Comic Con is in October, so that gives me enough time to plan it. Nice. Um, and like I said, yeah, I, I can definitely set you up with with some people. So I, I do. I need your help, though. For all, I need your help. Yeah, because I need an investment, and I got to figure it out. Yeah, I am fortunate that I know a lot of people in the cosplay community, people who represented the USA at the cosplay world championships in Japan. So yeah, I I will definitely set you up. See what we can make happen. Uh, I would really appreciate that. I still need um, you to come out to New York Comic Con, though. That that you need to put that on your list. Yeah, no, definitely is on my list. I might try and. Get a press pass, but Read Pop, man, if they're if anybody from Read Pop is listening, they make it real difficult to get a press pass. <laughs> so yeah. So I will keep working on that and hopefully I can make it out there and join you guys. So cool. Uh so you have been listening to the About to Review podcast. I have been joined by the curly nerd herself of the Curly Nerd Podcast. It's your girl. <laughs> My girl <laughs> Jess. Uh Jess, where can people find you online? You can find me at JDC O'Brien. That is my government name is O'Brien. <laughs> um, on Twitter, I'm at JDCOB on Instagram and Snapchat. I haven't really been gramming lately. Apologies. I'd be busy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I still do not have we Snapchat. Are, 
I know. I don't know. I I know. Now you're you're like, missing out on so much. I know. So so I now have a phone where I could actually get Snapchat and it would not explode. Um, but yeah, I, you miss out. Today, I was driving down the street and everyone in New York double parks, and there was one of those trucks that you know you drive a car up onto, like that hauls cars across mm-hmm. the country or whatever, with the thi- with the the ramp. Uh, the, the ramp down. And I Snapchatted, sent to Damien and the People's Critic, and I was like, Tim's it. <laughs> and everybody's like, Fast the Furious 8. Nice. <laughs> you need to get on the snaps. All right. Um, but yeah, and also, it's thecurlynerd.com, and it's thecurlynerd on Twitter. We be, I tweet more from it's thecurlynerd than I do from my own Twitter account, but mm-hmm. feel free to holler at your girl, as the people like to say. Excellent. Uh, and for this podcast, uh, you can find it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at about to review You can listen to it on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Blueberry, wherever your favorite podcast uh, listening choice is, except for SoundCloud. I still am not on there, uh, so I will get on there. So for this week, I've been joined by Jess. Thank you so much, Jess. I'm sure that we will uh, go back to texting about five minutes after this ends, <laughs> like we do all the time. <laughs> So I appreciate you taking Thank the time you for having me. all the way from New York because you're no longer local. Rude. Hey, you know. <laughs> so for this episode, I have been your host, that guy named John. And I am the Curly Nerd Jess. <laughs> and we will see you next time. This has been an About to Review production. Thank you to Vexing Media, who provides audio editing services. They are a graphic design, website design, and digital media company. You can find them at their website, vexingmedia.com, or on Facebook and Twitter at Vexing Media.